Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening for wherever you're listening from. I am Vaughn Delzell, your Outside the Paint host tonight, and we have a splash of everything on this episode. Trade deadline Thursday has just passed the NBA, and we saw some shocking moves happen. The NBA's leading rebounder, Andre Drummond, was moved for next to nothing. The Warriors' D'Angelo Russell experiment has ended on, on a debatable terms, uh, but you'll hear more, from, hear more from Steve Kerr later on in the episode. And Andre Iguodala, We'll finally play basketball again, and no one is happier than Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome in Darnell Turner, who should be more excited than anyone after his Philadelphia 76ers finally made a move at the trade deadline last minute, acquiring Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III to bolster their bench depth from the Spoiler State alert, Warriors. I'm not happy. You're not happy? <laughs> I'm not that happy. What three second-round picks for that, and you're not happy? What a time to be alive. It's no, deeper. It's, our, problem, our problems are deeper than that. So the mood in Philadelphia is not a positive one, even after these moves. It's not, it's not too good. I mean, we're excited to have two guys that can actually shoot and score off the bench, but we got bigger problems. Bigger fish to fry, such as? Yes, sir. Al Horford oh, and his fit with the team. Bad signing. Might be the worst signing in franchise history. Yeah, I mean they're slipped to the sixth seed now in the East. Brett Brown, his jobs at his jobs at risk now. I mean we've said it already. He might. I get mean fired. you can pretty much you can pretty much book it. He'll probably be fired when we lose in the playoffs oh, this year. Back on the first, second, third, probably every every episode after that, I've said that Brett Brown was going to get fired after the season. Um, I'm still feeling that way. I mean I think he needs to do better and he needs to hold them more accountable. I mean you agree with that? I mean, you know, I think some of it does fall on him. But for me, I think most of it falls on management. Uh, You know what kind of system Brett runs. He's a system coach. You you bring in a bunch of guys who don't fit his system. Not only do guys not fit his system, because coaches should be able to, you know, tailor an offense around their players. But you bring in guys who just necessarily don't fit around your two best players in Ben Simmons and Embiid. I mean, this team has needed shooting for years, and you continue to add guys that clog up the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see what happens the rest of the season. I think this move does help them out. Ultimately, they didn't give up much for something that could help them out in the long run, especially in a playoff run. Um, Glenn Robinson III actually has a championship with the Spurs, didn't play very much for that team. But he does have a championship experience, so I think that helps the Sixers in a little bit. And like you said, that'll be some shooting off the bench, which they desperately need at this point in time. Uh, the next guest on our show stole the episode last week for OTP, the New York Knicks and the Steve Mills drama. Uh, well, guess what? New York continues to make headlines. They dealt Marcus Morris, who's been looking like one of their best players so far, if not their best player, to the Los Angeles Clippers in exchange for Mo Harkless, yet another forward, and a 2020 first-round pick with some first-round swapping options in the future if they choose to. Jose, same question for you, different city, brother. How's the mood in New York with the Knicks, and how are you doing? This is a, a very rare time to be alive. I feel very content, although my team not, might not be as good as Darnell's. I'm definitely in a better mood than him. This is one of the best weeks in Knicks history of all time, at least in my fandom. Uh, I can't remember ever that. It's a sad day when Knicks fans are more happy than you. That's very, very true. 
Um, started off the week by firing our team president, incompetent Steve Mills. It's been a long time coming. I think, well, you heard my my opinions on the last episode, but uh, it's it's a great time to be a Knicks fan. We have more assets. Marcus Morris was definitely a key trade. It would have done nothing well for the Knicks. Just keep him for the rest of the year. I don't know how much he actually helps develop the young talent that the GM, uh, Scott Perry, believes, but he would have been fired with Mills had he not traded Morris by the end of the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It would have been, it would have definitely been a time, a uh, typical Knicks, this and that, but a lot of people are going to sleep on this team for a little bit. They have many assets. They have a great GM. Uh, they have clearly a, a team president that no one in the NBA can say anything bad about in Leon Rose. Although the move does come with questions because he has no experience. It's just, it's just something that the Knicks have needed. They needed a fresh start. Steve Mills wasn't getting it done. You could argue Scott Perry hasn't done much better, but I, I can't wait, honestly. I'm already looking forward to next season, who we get as our next draft pick. Um, as I mentioned on the last episode, the Knicks are actually two wins away from matching their season total last year. They're eight games out of a playoff spot, which doesn't look like it's a reality, but anything could happen. Mike Miller has already surpassed David Fisdale in coaching wins this season and he has a real chance to pass him in total wins in Fisdale's career as a Nick uh, this season which would be <laughs> one of the shocking it, it is shocking but it's also uh, a note of how incompetent David Fisdale was a lot of Nick's Nick sympathizers swear that Fisdale was the scapegoat when in reality he wasn't look how bad the Knicks were doing before him and they had a better team than they did last year so honestly to wrap it up it's a great time to be a Knicks fan. Yeah, I think overall with the trade, they dealt Morris when his trade value was the highest, and they received some draft asset, assets in doing so. So I, I have to like this trade. I mean, I, I wish they would have got Landry Shamet or Isaiah Thomas, but like you said, they're kind of focused on next year in summer 2020. Um, them hiring Leon Rose was – he's an agent, so he has a lot of clients, a couple clients where, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and some other players. So that was kind of the – the option at one point people talked about as one of the guys for 2020 with the Knicks. Um, and he was just, uh, he was just teamed up with uh, D'Angelo Russell now. So is there any 2020 options for you, Jose? 2020 options? Yeah. With the Knicks. Hmm. I believe, I believe Bobby Portis, Alfred Payton, and one more, I think Reggie Bullock or Wayne Ellington, they have options. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they totally rebuild the, the team next year and they keep doing, they follow the Sixers model. They pick someone, sign a, little, a short contract and then trade him for assets. Uh, I just think that's what they need to do. Just keep building assets, keep getting better. And But the key part is they have to hit on their draft picks. Frank Nilkina and Kevin Knox look like they need time in the G League. Uh, so from now on, it's honestly about not setting the team back. This is a good time to move forward and get better. So, it's a good time. So one of the biggest moves of the trade deadline was definitely the Marcus Morris deal for the New York Knicks, sending him to the Clippers. Obviously, this bolsters the Clippers, whether they put him in the rotation or off the bench. Uh, he's a quality player, averaged 20 points with the Knicks this season. Uh, I, I think it was a great trade because it was ultimately sending him at his highest value he's ever had trade-wise. Uh, I think that they could have got Landry Shamet back or if they would have kept Isaiah Thomas, Darnell, that it would have been a uh, even a better deal for them. But I think he definitely helps them in this in this Western race that's really down to the Lakers, Clippers, and Rockets. 
how do you view the Marcus Morris deal? And do you think this was the best deal of uh, the trade deadline overall? Uh, you know, I think if any team, if any championship team contender that we possibly think is, uh, you know, going to be in the play come April, May, June, I think the Clippers definitely helped themselves more than any contender. Um, I mean, you, the team was already stacked with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell. I mean, you got probably two of the leading guys for six man of the year on your bench right now. Then you have yeah. two just highly talented two way players like Kawhi and Paul George on your team. And then you got a dog like Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, that can lock up defensively. So, you know, adding another floor spacer, a forward, you know, uh, they've been starting Marcus Morris. So, you know, adding that floor space or another guy can get you 18 to 20 any given night, possibly more. I mean, they just, at this point, the Clippers just have too many weapons to throw at you. They've got a bunch of bodies. They've got depth. And like you said, they didn't give up Landry Shamit in the trade. So, I mean, their bench is just already stacked. And then you add Marcus Morris to your starting lineup. I mean, it's just too much firepower. Yeah. I mean, he had 10 and 13 points in his first two games with the Clippers. And I, I I like I like the deal ultimately. Like I said, it's getting the best value possible for them. Um, and they also have you know Jeff Green off the bench, Patrick Patterson, Rodney McGruger. I mean they they literally have a ten eleven man rotation. So overall, this team is just it's it's the best it can be. I think for Doc Rivers, this might be the best team he's ever had since the Big Three. Yeah. But the uh, a, another trade that I really liked, and I'm sure you like as well, was D'Angelo Russell. Uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, coolest trade, in my opinion, because Cat and him are really good friends. Uh, Wiggins, it was probably his time to be out in Minnesota. He uh, he played his way out of there. And Golden State might be a better role for him, but it's questionable. Um, Darnell, how do you feel about the Andrew Wiggins trade with D'Angelo Russell? And you think both teams won is a win-win situation? Uh, I do believe it's a win-win situation. I would probably lean more towards... Minnesota winning the trade, even though I I just think, yeah, in in the long yeah Wiggins' contract is is huge is you know huge is one of the highest in the league. Uh, you know Steve Kerr said, uh, you know talking about the trade, he said the Timberwolves were asking Andrew Wiggins to be a star. They're not asking him to be a star here, but you know you're certainly paying him like a star. So <laughs> true, you know I I think Wiggins can come in and help. Um, I think, you know, having a traditional three, you know, they had D'Angelo Russell there. It, it just wouldn't have worked out with Steph, D'Lo, and Clay, uh, especially defensively. You got Steph and D'Lo that just wouldn't have worked out. So I think you have Wiggins here. You know, you got a higher defensive potential with him going forward when everyone's healthy. Uh, he's more athletic. He can do some things. He's been, you know, he hasn't been playing too bad. Uh, since it, in his time at Golden State, I mean, this is a guy that's been averaging, you know, 18 to 22 points in his entire career. Uh, you know, he yeah. hasn't reached the levels or the potential that many saw and thought that he was going to be coming out of high school and out of college. But he's still a pretty productive NBA player. And I think once you get Steph, Clay, and Draymond and that nucleus back together, they still got lottery picks. There's a lot of moves that the Warriors can make. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the upper echelon of the Western Conference next year. In terms of mm-hmm. Minnesota, yeah. were you going to say something? No, no, go ahead, continue. I agree with you completely. I think that 
Golden State will be right back in the mix next year as a top four team in the West and contend fully healthy. I mean, I don't think that they're the favorite necessarily anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, I agree. They'll be right back they'll, in the mix. They'll be in the competition and for sure. That it works out. Yeah. But I in agree. Minnesota's case, um, you know, I do like Cat being able to, you know, get somebody to play with, you know, especially, you know, how close those two are. But, you know, I'm a little worried. I think it depends on how Minnesota builds going forward. I think you do have two pieces that you can possibly build around. But uh, the key thing is they, they've got to get better defensively. Cat and D'Lo, for sure, you know, the two main guys on the team, they're not necessarily known for defense. D'Lo is, uh, last time I saw, he was like 241st out of 265 guards ranked defensively. So, you know, that's pretty terrible. So they're going to have to go out and definitely get a lot of defensive-minded guys to place around them because, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't – especially in the Western Conference, there's so many guards and star players. uh, You know, you're going to have to have some guys that can lock down and play defense. But offensively, um, I I think Cat and D'Lo, you know, they they can make some noise. I don't know about playoffs next year or anything like that. Like I said, they'll have to get some defensive guys to surround them and – you know, mask their deficiencies in that area. But, um, you know, Mm -hmm. offensively, I like the potential that those two could have. Yeah, I I agree. I think in the long term, Minnesota is in a good spot. Um, On our Twitter page, you can search outside the paint. You can see the picture of the Timberwolves immediate day after the trade deadline. They had eight new players. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're reloading. And we saw um, them score points right away. In their first two games yeah. after the you trade, saw them, you saw them give up a lot of points too. Yep, yep, that exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Yep, right to your point. It's all like the defense is what they're going to do. They're going to have to fix moving forward just to be a team that's in the mix in the West for that six, seven, eight seed in the next year or two. Um, not saying that it can't be done because I think it can be, and I think that this move with D'Lo entices free agents to want to go there in 2020. And I think that's what Minnesota needs to get on the right page. Yeah, they obviously, they needed to do something. Obviously, the duo of Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, it wasn't going to propel you any further than where they are right now. And that's not even a playoff team. So this is a move that had to be made. And, you know, hopefully Russell and Kat can, you know, maximize each other's potentials. And, you know, it could be something special. We'll see. I'm definitely yeah, hoping for, for those sure. guys. Yeah, for sure. I. I appreciate it. That's great. That's great. Uh, great information there, Darnell. And I'm going to bring Jose in here for for the All Star Weekend. We're going to talk about the three point contest, dunk contest, uh, the snubs, and I'm going to go off a little bit. But thank you, Darnell. It's always great talking to you about the trade deadline. Let's. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the All Star Weekend after the break. Yes, sir. Are you tired of dressing like other jabronis? No worries. Your wardrobe savior has arrived. Visit Beyond94.com for all your premium vintage apparel needs. From vintage sportswear, jerseys, to shirts and more, you want it, we got it. Beyond94.com, be unique, buy vintage. OTP listeners, head to TotalHomeClub.com and use the code OTP for 20% off your order, exclusive for our listeners only. You can create a free account, start earning points for more rewards and discounts. Again, that's TotalHomeClub.com. Use OTP at the checkout for 20% off. And welcome back into Outside of the Paints. We're covering the NBA All-Star Weekend here. Sunday, February 16th is the All-Star Game. The 15th will be the three-point contest and the dunk contest, uh, Rising Stars Challenge, among other things as well. We'll have a special 
music appearance from Dame Dalla, aka Damian Lillard, when he's at his day job. Uh, I know I'm excited about it. He's no Darnell Turner, but he'll definitely so. be well worth the halftime show. That's for sure. Um, we had LeBron and Giannis again, team captains. They drafted. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Giannis drafts like a fourth grader. I mean, seriously, the, the teams that, that he drafted was terrible um, in order. It didn't make much sense. It was more about friendship than uh, picking who was going to win the game and who, you know, who deserved to be picked over who, which is kind of understanding. But before we get started and ask you guys kind of about your opinions, what you guys think about the teams, I'm going to go ahead and read off the list of the teams and the stars just to compare the two teams. And if you guys have any comments, go ahead and chime in whenever you feel necessary. First off, Team Giannis, the starters. We had Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam. Team East. Kemba Walker and Trey Young. Pretty good starting five. I'm going to go ahead and point out they're all young. Very young players. Pretty good starting five. Kemba Walker is the oldest guy of that group, and uh, he's not very old at all. For Team LeBron, that starting five was LeBron, his best friend Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, James Harden, and Kawhi Leonard. Team West. Oh, my God. Team West all day. On the bench for Team Giannis, in this order, this is how he picked his team in this order. Chris Middleton, Bam I mean, Adebayo. He was going to go number one. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Pretty I mean, team, team Giannis is coming to strap up. That's what they're coming for. They're coming to strap up. They do got, they do got the defense. So, Darnell, you think the under's in play here? I think uh, I think for sure. You know, I, I – I would definitely still go Team LeBron because, yeah. I mean. The offense always wins in the NBA. Yeah, man. It's just, I mean, it's not like we're going to see that much defense being played. So And right, and LeBron, with his first pick off the bench, went all offense. Damian Lillard right away. Smart pick. Uh, he went he went next with his, his boy and his protege, Ben Simmons, Darnell's guy. Nika Jokic was next up. Jason Tatum. Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook. And DeMontez Sabonis was the final cleanup pick for Team LeBron. Uh, overall, very solid team. Uh, very great guys. What do you guys think about the team? And uh, overall, I mean, what did you think about the all-star selections? Uh, I kind of I kind of was more upset with who got snubbed because we're really missing out on Devin Booker, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal in the all-star game. I know it's tough to not missing out on Zach Levine. Yo, need this narrative to stop. But we are missing on D Book. I know you can agree with me on that. Who? D Book. Devin Booker. Okay. Okay. I agree I with you, I on can that. you on that one. Yeah, he's he's averaging twenty seven point one and shooting his career best fifty one percent. And the That's Phoenix Suns are still playing better than the Pelicans, but somehow Brandon Ingram, who has worse stats than Devin Booker, is an all star. I get Brandon Ingram made a huge jump from last year to this year. But it's still on a bad team. I think you got to give credit to a proven all-star before yeah. and Booker. Uh, just that's just in the West and in the East. I still think Bradley Beal deserves to be an all-star. I, I just Absolutely. don't know how he's not. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, I thought deserved to be an all-star, but I, I think that Chris Paul should have been the guy out of there um, for the Western team. I don't think Chris Paul gave me enough this season to not put Devin Booker and Devin Booker absolutely balled out. I mean, what can he do? The Phoenix Suns are not a good basketball team. They're not that great of a team. They had a little run to start the season, but come on. I really thought Devin Booker should have been in. I mean, 27-6. and six. I mean, There's a couple of players in history that have, have did that and not made an all-star 
our game, and uh, Devin Booker's one of them. Darnell, what are you thinking? Was there any snubs in your mind? You know, uh, Devin Booker might be the only guy that I think you can consider a snub. You know, I think when it comes to these picking all-stars, every every year you're going to have guys that are, you know, quote-unquote snubs. It's just, it's just going to be the nature of the beast. The NBA is getting more and more talented each year. You know, it's going to be 20 to 25 guys that you could say could possibly be an all-star. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just kind of – it's tough to narrow it down to, what is it, 12 players east and west. It, mm-hmm. It's just uh, – it's tough to narrow it down. So you're always going to have snubs. Uh, but I think you can make the case that, for me, as long as everyone on each team, you can make the case for them being an all-star, personally, I'm okay with it. I probably would have put in Devin Booker over Ingram. That's just me. But Ingram has had a phenomenal year, so I'm not too upset with it. Everyone else that made the list I think is fine. In the East, you know, Trey Young, you know, I'm not – Growing up, I was kind of of the mindset, you know, you should reward winning and then kind of reward individual statistics. Uh, Trey Young got voted in. So, you know, for the people that are saying, how did Trey Young get in? But Bradley Beal didn't. That's, you know, it's fan voting. You know, there's nothing you can do about that. Mm -hmm. Coaches, um, you know, I I don't mind the East All-Stars. You know, if you want to put have Bradley Beal in there, you know, it's totally fine. He's definitely an All-Star player. Um, but you know, I, I think him being on the second or third West worst team in the East, you know, I think that does affect him. You know, it's not all on him. I mean, he's being loyal to the wizards, you know, staying there and playing with all those garbage players. But, uh, you know, that's, 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 just, that's what happens when, you know, you decide to stay with a team that's not going to put anything around you. So it, it's tough to say anybody got snubbed, but. You know, I, I think everyone that made it this year has the case for being an all-star for sure. I, I couldn't necessarily just take anybody off the list and say that guy for sure isn't an all-star this year. Yeah, I, I'm i glad you brought up the point that it's kind of about team success over individual success because I'm kind of torn on that when it comes to, when it comes to the all-star weekend because I finally feel like that's the time to give the individual success out over the team success. And we I, do- I think you can give out the individual success, you know, in turn. I think as long as you reward certain guys, like I think the Pacers deserve an all-star. They've been playing just too well this year to not have an all-star player. So I, that's why I think, you know, you reward winning first. And then I think if you have some couple of spots left over, you know, I think you give those out to guys who are having amazing individual seasons regardless of record. And Jose, how do you feel about that? Honestly, I, I'm kind of unpopular opinion. I think records should be thrown out the door when you're an all star because it really depends. That if you're balling, you're balling. You shouldn't be held. You shouldn't be held back just because your team might not be the great team that uh, you know, like the Warriors the other year had four all stars: KD, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and LeBron. Or I mean, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Whew. Excuse me. Excuse me, I read something wrong, but four all-stars on one team, I get they were a great team, but come on. Like, Draymond Green definitely should have been an all-star over some players back then, and that, the, Darnell's right. This year, is, it's going to happen every year. It's just there's so many players in such little spots. It's the bad part of the NBA. 
because of the small rosters that some people are going to get snubbed and it's going to be a discussion every year. If you counted all the snubs for our, for all the uh, – basically any player. Every player's been snubbed before besides LeBron. LeBron's been an all-star every year but his first year. Everyone's been snubbed at least once, so I guess it's the lay of the land. Um, what I would like to see is a reform of the East versus West. I enjoyed that as a kid. And these team captains things, yeah. although I do put on a good show for about half an hour, um, it's just not the same. You know, I miss seeing uh, T-Mac versus AI and Dwayne Wade versus Kobe like every single year. That was just so fun to see. And now they're, they're playing on the same team. It's just, I don't know, but it's still an enjoyable weekend. I love All-Star Weekend. It's, it, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, you, uh, as a basketball fan, you look forward to All-Star Weekend. The dunk contest may not be the same as it was when you are a kid, but it's still just one of the best times of the year. Yeah, and a lot of people are thinking about the three-point contest now as t- kind of taking over as a more popular Saturday night option than the dunk contest itself. And I've kind of felt that way the past couple of years, too, because the way the NBA has been going. You've seen all these great shooters. And I know Zach Levine's going to be in the three-point contest, which kind of leads me into my guys that I fell. Well, he didn't want or, to go back to the dunk contest. Or snubbed. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset about that. Aaron Gordon joined. He didn't want that smoke again, that's all. That's it. it was hyped up all season. Preseason, they talked about it. They joked about it during the year on Twitter a couple times. Or one time in a video, um, Aaron Gordon got asked by TMZ a couple times and said he was going to join and he was encouraging Zach to join, so – yeah, that definitely I mean, if he, if bothered me. He decided me. not to do the dunk contest because he felt he was snubbed out of the All Star game. I'd be a hundred percent okay with that. But for you to go ahead and then join the three point contest, mm-hmm. I just feel disrespected as a fan. That's yeah, I, I think he's trying to try something new, and I can understand that because he's you know I've already done it, I've already won it. What else do I have to prove? If I lose, you know they're just they just you know I lost like I haven't lost yet, but. The three-point contest, I think, will be a new challenge for him. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think – being a Bulls fan, I don't think he's going to win. I mean, there's too many good shooters in it. But I do felt like he was very – he was snubbed. I mean, Bradley Bill had himself a great season. I felt like Bradley Bill should have been in before Zach Levine. Uh, I mean, he has – right now, he has nine games of 29 points or more straight. He averages 38 this month, 31 in January. I mean, he's just been on a straight scoring streak all season. But, again, his team is terrible. So I get that metric and everything, but I think I'm with Jose on this. It's the individual aspect that should be given out here, and Bradley Bill deserved it. He's definitely one of the best Eastern Conference players. If he was on another team, it wouldn't be a question if he'd be an all-star. Just because he's my favorite player of all time, I have to say my respects to Derrick Rose. He played a tremendous season. Uh, I mean, 18.5 points and six assists isn't really good enough to get you an all-star game. I will admit that 100%. But he shot 50% from the field, um, 86 from the free throw. This is the best season he's had since he was uh, back in Chicago when he tore his ACL. Even better season than he had with the Knicks, which I felt like was a very under undervalued season he had in his career, especially coming back. But ultimately, we all got on this episode to hear me talk about Zach Levine. I know you guys did. 100%. He, he had the best season of his career right now. This first half of the season has been tremendous. He's kept the Bulls in it. Jim Borland has, is tearing this team apart. We've seen the reports. Larry Marketing doesn't want to be a part of the Bulls now. He's a little upset. He's hurt. Uh, Chris Dunn's hurt. Wendell Carter Jr.'s hurt. Otto Porter Jr.'s hurt. Sadoransky's banged up. We got Kobe White and Daniel Gafford, our rookies, playing starter minutes. Uh, Luke Cornett's our starting center. 
all that, and Zach Levine's 25, 5, and 4 out here. He put up 30 for about 10 straight games. He was dropping 40 and 50 pieces, hitting game winners, and reset records with double-digit three-pointers in multiple games. And this guy doesn't get voted in because Kyle Lowry's team's doing so well at home. Give me a break. You got to respect the vets, Give me a break. Nah, man. Chris Middleton missed all these games, and he gets he gets a nod in because he had a fifty one point game. You know, okay, I will agree with you on that one. I think, that, I that's think he, got, he got in because the Bucks have the best record yes. in basketball, and that's absurd. And, and he's also a pretty good player in his own right. But you know, yeah. I, I I can if there's one player in the East, I you know I would possibly take off. It might be him just because of the games that he missed, but. Mm-hmm. Like I said, coaches, most of the time, those teams that are at the top of the conference, whether you believe, you know, they should have two or more all-stars or all-stars or not, most of the time, a team that has a as good a record as Milwaukee does, they're going to get two all-stars. Yeah, and I, and I have to agree with you in that aspect because, like you said earlier, there's some teams that play so well that they need an all-star to represent them no matter what. And, like, the Pacers right. was that team for me where they got Sabonis in. But yeah, in, this, in this position, I, I get that the Bucks are playing so well, but Chris Middleton didn't do anything outstanding. And without Chris Middleton, the Bucks wouldn't be far off from having, what is it, six losses. So, I don't know. It kind of stung me because ultimately I thought that Bradley Bill should have been an all-star for sure. But Zach Levine really played his, played his best ball and was right there in line with being an all-star, given on how this team is with the new coach and where they're at at this point in time. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have a better season than this because next year is going to be probably a different team. Uh, they'll probably have t- one or two different starters. If he's an all-star, he'll have a, he'll it, have another season like this. But it comes down to it was in Chicago. The all-star game's in Chicago. It's all in 100%. Chicago. Like, it's, it's, it was meant for Zach Levine to really we, be we, here. We're giving out all-star selections just because the all-star game is in your city. All right, and I'm Darnell fan, Turner, it was a great having you on the show. I'm a big uh, fan we'll of Zach Levine. Looking forward to having you on next but... week. <laughs> but let, let's be real. He, he's not an all-star yet. He, all he's right. had a terrific season. He's just not an all-star yet. All right, thank you for the rant, all the listeners. Uh, Darnell Turner, you can't find him on any social media. He lives <laughs> under a rock. Um, but I will play this clip because I will, I will back it. Zach Levine said it. There aren't 12 players in the East better than me. Listen to him. And all right, so I got that out of my system. I feel much better. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we have the dunk contest and the three-point contest before we get out of here. I want you guys to give me your winners for the three-point contest, dunk contest, and why. Uh, we'll start with the dunk contest. We got Pat Connington from Milwaukee, boo, Aaron, Go- Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones Jr. What's the picks, gentlemen? Aaron Gordon because he got robbed last time against Zach Levine. I agree. Super I like Aaron, I like Aaron Gordon, but if he doesn't win it, I I love uh, Derek Jones. Yeah, I think I'm Aaron Gordon's one of the most favorite. creative. I think Aaron Gordon's one of the most yeah, creative yeah. dunkers we've ever seen, and I'm glad yeah, we get to him. His back. creativity is his creativity is off the charts. But uh, I'll be I'm interested to see what Derek Jones does because he has all the hops in the world. Yeah, yeah I, I like Derek Jones as well. I think he's gonna. He's going to have some pretty tremendous dunks, probably throw some in-between-the-legs or behind-the-back type stuff because he gets all that air. Um, but I will say the sleeper is not Pat Connington, that's for sure. But Dwight Howard, 
I think uh, Dwight Howard came out that Kobe Superman. Kobe told people that he wanted to help Dwight Howard out of the dunk contest and be a prop for him. Um, so Dwight Howard might have a little bit extra juice behind him. Might make it to the dunk fi- finale with an upset. But as long as he lets go of Superman. The betting odds are probably against Dwight Howard, and you could probably make some cash if that pans out. Everyone loves a good story. As but, long as he doesn't do the Superman again or bring something back that was left in the 2000s, I'm cool. Shaq and Dwight Howard, Superman and up. Let's bring it back, 2020. No, I don't know about that. No, <laughs> no thanks. Uh, yeah, and uh, no, I agree. But I'm going to go Derek Jen- Jones Jr. as well. I'm rolling with Darnell on this one. Eric Gordon and him will be in the finale, so partially both picks. Three-point contest. Um, Davis Bertans for the Wizards, Devontae Graham, Hornets, Joe Harris for the Nets, the, re- the reigning champion from last year. Buddy Hill from the Kings, Levine from my Bulls, Lillard from the Blazers, Duncan Robinson from the Heat. Very interesting pick there. And Trey Young from the Hawks to round it out. What do you guys got? I like Bertons. Um, uh, I've, I've watched wow. a couple of Wizards games, and, I, I mean, that dude can just he, – he can get on rolls. He can just shoot the lights out. Uh, I, I think he's my favorite right now, and I, I do like Duncan I Robinson. What? Shooter, I, I like the pure shooters in this contest. Wow. It's like Trey Young, uh, you know, that shoot all the half court threes during games. Don't fare too well in the three point contest. I can remember, when, I can remember when James Harden and Paul George uh, did the three point contest. You know, they they didn't do too well. Steph Curry and Clay might be the only stars who actually have come in that I've seen that actually win. It's usually the three-point specialist. Like last year, we had Joe Harris. Uh, you know, it's usually the, the three-point specialist that, you know, have the best showing. So, I like Duncan Like Robinson. sister legend Jason Capono. I, I was going to bring him up, too. <laughs> Jason Capono, yeah, man. I still think he has the best round, if I'm not mistaken, of the old format. I, could, I might have to fact-check remember, but It's probably true. Good times, man. It's like it's like the last time this somebody from the Sixers put on at the All Star Weekend. <laughs> Andre Iguodala did get schemed in a dunk contest, though. Oh, the Nate Robinson year, hundred percent. Yeah, when he hundred percent like, tries. That was annoying. Oh my goodness, I just don't understand how he didn't win that. I like I can't blame him for not wanting to get back in the dunk contest after that one. I blame Nate Robinson for the dunk contest losing hype, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like, I mean, that one was pretty good, even though I didn't think he deserved it. His second one he won when he jumped over Dwight was pretty good. The third one he won, I thought, was probably the worst dunk contest of all time. That's when it was him, Gerald Wallace, Shannon Brown. That was just awful. Yeah, I'll have to agree with that. There was a couple of dunk contests during that era that were just – Terrible to watch. I mean, they didn't live up to the hype at all. But, Jose, what do you like in the, the three-point contest? Is there a, a, a standout player and a sleeper you got? Well, I always root for someone I like. I always, I'm i going to take Buddy Heald, who I want to win, who I think will win, is Buddy Trey Heald. Young. Okay. But I would also love to see Damian Lillard win, just so we can talk about it with Darnell over here. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be bad about that at all. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see how Damon Lillard pants, especially he's on a hot streak right now. You know what I wish? You know what I want to happen? 
I wish Ben Simmons would enter the skills challenge so he'd have to shoot that jumper. <laughs> That'd be funny. And then he makes it, and then everyone wonders why he doesn't shoot in a game. Nah. <laughs> he doesn't want that. We don't want that either. He we better pull he better pull out he better pull out the jumper at all start a game. I don't got time for this. Nah, he's not shooting any jumpers. If it's not a dunk, he's not putting it up. Right. I'll tell you that right now. If they got the if they got the bet up, I'm taking it. Ben Simmons over one and a half threes. One and a half, not even yep. zero and a half. Yep, one and a half. Book wow. It. He's hitting wow. two he's hitting two in Jimmy's face. Oh my god. That's gonna be like plus three thousand. Oh yeah. I'm coming. Wait, wait. Are there odds on Ben hitting a three in the All Star game? If there is, not I'm yet. Jumping all over it. It's usually it's. That's what I'm saying. It's bro. usually over zero and a half. So just him to hit one for plus eleven hundred. So ten to win a hundred and ten. Hundred to say last. I'm taking that. I'm what? So taking that. <laughs> all right. You heard it here first. We are all combining some money here, and we are joining up for the Ben Simmons giveaway. <laughs> it's gonna be. Outlandish. We're all about to win some money. So Darnell said two three pointers. Jose, how many three pointers has Ben Simmons hit in an All Star game? Two. Two. No, I'm, I'm not going crazy. I'm just going to stick with two, so I don't look stupid. Two. Wow. I'll go with one. I'm going to go say he's going to go one of two. So I'll take the over zero and a half. These guys are rolling with the over one one and a half. I'm going to roll with. He's going to hit two, and then he's going to start looking at his hand. Ooh. I don't know if I want to roll with Damian Lillard as much. I think I'm going to roll with uh, Devontae Graham here. I'm going to go with him as my sleeper for the the, the three-point contest. I don't know why. I feel like he's going to win this one, but I think he's going to be in contention. Um, and I really like your Davis Pertons pick, Darnell. Telling you. That boy's I want to give props for that dope. one. That one was awesome. Came that out boy's of a place. shooter. Yeah. If, uh, and I think it's safe to say if he wins, you certainly heard it here first. Yeah, sir. <laughs> For Outside the Paint, I'm Vaughn Delzell, Darnell Turner, and Jose Villanueva with me tonight. Guys, I appreciate you as always. Thanks for coming on and talking uh, some interesting trade deadlines and All-Star Weekend talk. Yes, sir. It was good. Can't wait to rejoin after. Yes, sir. We'll be back after the weekend to talk some more hoops and all the latest stuff in the NBA and maybe some college hoops as well. With Duke UNC, we got some bets with Darnell, Jose, Mm -hmm. and his buddies. So We'll definitely have to keep in tune with that but stay tuned for our weekly giveaways or monthly giveaways excuse me and uh yeah for otp we're out listen to you next time now with OTP, now with OTP.